everyone, welcome to But Why Though, a periodic discussion with guests from around the But Why Though writing community brought together under one roof to discuss the latest happenings in pop culture. This is episode 17 and we're back. I am Kate and I am here with Nisha. Hey. And Jason. Hey. I lack the charisma of Aaron giving everybody catchy titles because I used all the creative juice to name this outlet. So forgive me. <laughs> That's his thing. I feel like no one can be Aaron. <laughs> I mean, we could say Jason, the reason any of us sound intelligent on this podcast because he produces it all. This is true. <laughs> For people who do. don't know, it's the Jason. <laughs> the Jason. This week, we are going to be talking about the Little Mermaid trailer, TwitchCon's announcement, of course, our grand second part, which will go into password sharing. Should we do it? Does it hurt creators? Does it hurt consumers? We're going to talk about it. Um, and then, of course, our wrap up of stuff that we've read, watched, played and done. Uh, so let's dive into the latest stuff that has caught our eye. The Little Mermaid got a new trailer. I think it's like a is it a, is it is it a teaser or is it a trailer trailer? Like what is it? What is it con? What's the content? Yeah, I know we just had a whole episode on this, but I still don't know the difference. <laughs> I, I would call it a teaser. Like you don't okay. really see the plot. You're gonna you're gonna see more than we saw from like the teaser, the first teaser teaser. Like it's maybe the teaser for the teaser. Yeah, which oh my, <laughs> it's so it's so Disney to just like here's thirty seconds of you know. Hallie just singing and we get you get this shot of her and then in this trailer you I think it's like maybe 45 or 50 seconds and you get to see like more of you know the underwater kingdom you get to see some like and it's quick shots um you're gonna see flounder you're gonna see uh, what I'm assuming is flounder <laughs> it's like it's really quick and then you see prince eric you know the scene where they're in the the kiss the girl scene there's like a quick shot of that so like it's really just snippets of the movie but without like telling what the plot is like disney typically does in their trailers of like giving the so they took the greatest hits of what they brought to life from the animated thing pretty much pretty much okay. i will say like it's very i like the colors it's very vibrant it's nice to see that it's not gonna yeah. be like a monochrome like you know how when disney does like their adaptations they try to like make things more grounded especially when we have like a very colorful world I was hoping that we weren't going to do that, which I'm glad to say like they didn't do that. So, well, in their hundred year like celebratory trailer, they took credit for Avatar: Way of Water. So I'm hoping <laughs> that they can actually do something good underwater if they're going to take credit for that. Um, but I do agree, it was way more vibrant. Mm -hmm. um, I was trying not to see much of it, so I just kind of I looked at stills and I saw the very opening. And I know that when we had talked about this last time on the show, like one of the issues was, will they be able to actually light her well and show her in a world without making it too dark and like actually take care of showcasing her skin and showcasing yeah. the world underwater? How do you think that like for your from your perspective, how do you think it did on that? I and it's weird because it's like it's really you get like snippets of it and shots of it because there's some mm -hmm. scenes where it's going to be lighter. I do think it gives me hope that it's not going to be, it's not going to be like a terribly done job. Like I, I, I want yeah. them to really play around with like finding the light on how it works in different settings, which I think is probably a challenge that honestly, it's not a challenge if you know what you're doing. So I'm, I'm yeah. not going to say it's a challenge. It's not a challenge. You know, if you are supposed to be the lighting expert, you should know how to light people of all shades and tones. So yeah. if you're, <laughs> if cinematographer is your title, right. You should but it's like, but then it's like confusing because like when I've looked, like before we recorded, I watched the trailer again. And then when you see like screen grabs, I hate to say this, but some people who have shared the screen grabs, they've definitely lightened. Yeah. And I was just like, ooh, I don't know what that says about the film or about the people who, yeah. who take screen grabs. Because I'm like in one, like I'm looking at two of them. One, it looks like there's more light, but it also could be perceived as like they lightened her skin. And the other one looks like, okay, doesn't like there's any light. So it's kind of, it's hard to judge from the trailer to see like what it's going to ultimately be in the movie. Well, I, I did watch it while we were talking for the first time. <laughs> I, I, 
I I complain basically at least once a week about how HBO ruined our perception of lighting in in television and film. <laughs> there hasn't been a well lit movie God. that I've seen in a long time. The so that's like the my my concern just blanket statement is that lighting seems to be something that movies are really struggling with generally in the last decade um mm-hmm. i there seems so, like there's like some very bright sequences though from this trailer that like colorful bright like yes. <laughs> where at least like the lion king the last Vibrant. one of these i've seen were like you know there wasn't an ounce of color in the whole movie so at least hopefully they're they're taking no some of those notes and it's uh it has color to it but whether it's going to be well lit regardless of how they're you know the the challenges yeah. challenges in quotations of of lighting skin tones just I'm, I, I'm not convinced that they're gonna light it well no matter what because I'm just not convinced that anyone knows how to do lighting these days not anymore <laughs> the only well-lit movie I've seen recently and I'm not gonna go down a rabbit hole about it but the absolutely terrible foreign film nominated Oscar movie close was uh the best lit movie mm-hmm. I've seen in a long time and let me and tell if you, you want to hear why it's a terribly nominated movie you can read about it on butwayo.net exactly. <laughs> Uh, to close out this news section, I did want to bring up the fact that TwitchCon announced that it will be happening in Paris and Las Vegas. I wanted to bring this up because Twitch went on this giant crusade about gambling. And where are they hosting it? Las Vegas. Sure, there is some like groundedness to this. Like a lot of esports competitions happen in Las Vegas. There's an infrastructure there. But my issue with them hosting it in Vegas is that there are a plethora of issues that come that have historically come with TwitchCon mm-hmm. and larger conventions in general and streamer culture. The push towards drinking and the push towards networking events being around drinking, given how um, rampant a lot of uh, sexual assault was um, and was found out in 2020 and 2021. Um, that it happened at conventions. There was a push against going towards drink, have, drinking heavy focused events. <laughs> Las Vegas. Um, an issue with grooming and talking to minors. Um, or even minors being allowed in places. There was a push to have minor safe spaces. And <laughs> you can't do anything if you're under 21 in Vegas, which is like good in its own way that it should not allow minors against these like creepy streamers. But also it's reality and that's probably not going to happen. It's going to yeah. be worse. Um yeah. So I it's interesting and exciting and it's also like if you look at it in a vacuum, but if you look at it towards the larger landscape of what's been happening and like what people have been getting mad about, it no bueno. <laughs> it doesn't work. No, no. Don't like that. I, I don't know how much y'all know about like con stuff or anything like that, but I mean, only the cons that I've gone to, which not a lot, not as many as you, but like when we talk, we've talked about like kids at cons and like content and like inappropriate things. But like, for example, I went to anime week in Atlanta and there was a booth for um 18 and 18 and up, like just very explicit cosplay photos. Let's put it that way. And I think they handled that well. But like at the same time, it's like we're talking about Vegas. And I'm not trying to say, I mean, shoot, it's called Sin City for a reason. But like it's Sin City for a reason. Like it is one of the few places in the country where you can see like full nudity. Right. Right. And it's, and like, it's encouraged. <laughs> so I'm like, that's where I'm thinking like, wow, y'all got y'all work cut out for you. Because like how one or like is the how are you going to censor things? Like, or is the con the going to be, right, is the con going to be heavily censored with it being at, like, being there? Because, like, of course, you want to keep in mind, like, you want families to come. You want the family money. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's, like, is it going to be, like, I guess, like, Crunchyroll Expo? I felt like it's probably the best example when we went there. Like, that's family friendly and there wasn't really anything yeah. too well, explicit. And that's, like, the hard thing. Yeah, well, and that's the hard thing, too, is, like, a lot of the streamers that are making large money on on Twitch are older, mm. but they've done studies that show similar to TikTok audiences. Like the audiences that are consuming these things are young children. Right. Like they are teen they are teenagers and preteens. Like that is who are watching all of these people. And so when you're inviting mm. that type of audience to go to a place built for adults, come on, man. Like 
if you want to have this as like a streamer party and you got age, li age limits on everything, okay, but you better restrict the sales of those badges. Like, yeah, like you're going to have to restrict it, make sure minors are accompanied at all times. That's probably like the, the biggest thing. You can't just have kids, and I mean anyone under the age of 18, walking around randomly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And technically in, in Las Vegas, you can't have anybody under the age of 21 in a lot of the spaces. So like even below yeah. 18. But, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, last TwitchCon was like an epic like shit show of like safety violations and like people getting hurt. So it's uh, it'll be a wild ride. Wild ride. But now to move into the main course of the episode. Password sharing. If you're listening to this, you probably have a Netflix account. It's one of the most used streaming platforms in the United States. If you don't, like, call uh, us. So curious. Yeah. I want to interview you. Please. <laughs> Who are you? What do you consume? <laughs> but yeah, so prompted by Netflix's official release slash accidental release slash already rolled out of Canada release of their password trial uh, restrictions <laughs> uh yes, yes. <laughs> uh what was gonna happen was that you are going to essentially have a home ip meaning the ip that you that if you don't know what an ip address is wherever you are stationed and the router that you are using it produces a unique ip address to you in your location so it means that you can only be connected to that Wi-Fi in order to use that specific IP. What they were going to do is you're going to have 30 days um, and then you had to sign into that IP or you lose all access. So essentially geolocking it to one stationary location because they believe that Netflix was built for households. However, and I, I don't remember which actor it was, I think it was Justice Smith. He had tweeted out that, well, if I worked with Netflix again and did one of your Netflix shows, I couldn't access Netflix while shooting a Netflix show to go on Netflix because this doesn't take into account anybody who travels. Because even if you do their like really convoluted, like tr you have to go sign in, request a travel login, and then your login can only last a certain amount of time until you have to go back to your home IP to like re-register it. It is not great. Um, and if you don't want to do any of that and you want a second user with a second IP, you can pay more than the base ad ad tier of Netflix to have a second screen. I think it's like $7.99. It's ridiculous in a lot of ways. And of course, everybody online was angry about it. And I know I wanted to ask kind of like what are... <laughs> How do you all use Netflix? Do you share your passwords? Do you like, how do you, and even beyond Netflix, like your like, what is your streaming life made of? I know for me, um, Matt's Netflix, like we've shared it with one of his best friends for like the past 20, like however long it's been around. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what it is. My mom shares with me all of her stuff i share her my stuff so you don't have to double up because at this point streaming prices just keep going up and yeah so for me like i the password sharing or restricting it like it, it it's it's completely stupid i i can't understand it yeah um for me i mean yeah i i got off my parents netflix because i got tired of waiting for someone else to get off the screen <laughs> when you're living in the same house and everyone's watching netflix in different rooms so, and I don't share mine because I'm poor and I use the base option <laughs> with one screen. With one screen. I think it's two, but I, or one, I can't remember, but they, I still- I think the base is one because we had to up our price for two screens. So I'm paying $9.99 for one screen. Jesus. We're paying $14.99 for two. <sighs> yeah, so crazy. I yeah. how much I pay for Netflix. Well, and the crazy thing is Netflix actually does not give you screeners outside of their platform and they do not compress uh, mm. Netflix account. So if you want to review or do your job as an entertainment critic, you actually have to buy a Netflix account. Which is wild because like yeah, our site No covers. other system is like that. No. Yeah. You're right. Our Prime Video? No. Screeners. Uh, Hulu? No. They give you a free one. Crunchyroll. Like, like HBO Max, like 
It's maddening. I'm sorry. That's, it's just, that's insane that the fact that like we write, I know it's like, it's not news to us, but when we really sit back and think about like, we write content and help your things go out. You should give us these things for free. God knows they're not doing it themselves. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Can't be bothered to put a commercial out. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. I was just going to say my other streaming stuff. Um, I do have HBO Max. Uh, I have Peacock because I have Xfinity Internet. I have Prime Video because Amazon Prime. Um, I'm probably forgetting something. Disney Plus, Hulu. I, I got the, that bundle package. So I have those. I'm like, yeah. but I like my family depends on me for Disney Plus and Hulu. <laughs> Who's going to? Mine too. Mine too. Who's going to tell my parents they can't watch? And my parents have cable. But like, who's going to tell my parents they can't watch Hulu when they go on vacation? Not me. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jason? Uh, my my parents became Netflix members in maybe, I don't know, 2013 or so. And uh, so I used their account for all of my life until I became someone that had to purchase my own Netflix account because <laughs> Netflix requires you to... to get screeners and that's you know Ah. if they're being generous enough to actually give you screeners um but i we somehow we managed to to like live off of the two screen one for a long time even though i have three there's i have two siblings and two parents and everyone somehow didn't happen to watch netflix at the same time for most of the time that we all shared it that's amazing it really (laughs) happened only very infrequently that someone had to be like, get off Netflix, I want to watch. But um, we, yeah, they, they actually, they, they got rid of cable last, like last year sometime because it was just useless to have when everything else costs the same amount at this point. Yeah. Um, they switched, they, they got like the DirecTV shindig that about four months six months into having it, they they decided actually that we're going to limit the number of screens you can use uh, at once without paying more, which was not originally part of their plan when they changed to DirecTV. Yeah. So now when there's like a hockey game on and three of us are trying to watch it at once, uh, only only two people can use DirecTV. Someone else has to find another way to watch it, um, which... You know, my brother. My brother has the the Disney Plus Hulu ESPN bundle through his credit card, so we don't pay for that. And we have Showtime through my other brother's student Spotify account. So like, we we, we <laughs> finagle it all. You have to find the deal. You do. Yeah, but like, I pay for Amazon. I've paid for Amazon for probably ten years. Um, only just started charging yeah, my my family for it. Um, because that it was that student so that student account. Right, that student accounts yeah. what what got me in exactly. it. Yeah, Same. half the price. But like once they went up, and like I think it's one thirty now. I tell my family every. You know what? That reminds me. I need to tell them because March is coming. They got to give me their money now. I send an email, and I'm not an email. <laughs> I send a text you message. Send them a letter in the mail. Yes. Notarized. Send your thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we get we get HBO through through our AT and T. Yeah. cell phone service i canceled so. my hbo because my parents get it through their ETV. right exactly it's nice but so like you know we we do end up getting a lot of the streamers through various deals and bundles but i pay for my own netflix separately from theirs i pay for all of our amazon which is an arm and a leg uh and i do pay for paramount because they used to have women's soccer on there but now it's all on hbo so i might get rid of my paramount when the price goes up in a couple of months where as it apparently is supposed to and i think so like if 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 it happens that passwords get restricted across the board because i i think the air around it is like if it works for netflix who is the biggest will the other people follow suit like are you more apt to keep your streaming services as they are or would you be, would you just dip? So, and here's the thing that's funny. Xfinity has been doing this for years already. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if y'all have Comcast or Xfinity where you're at, but like, so 
Um, it's one of the, it's basically one of the biggest cable providers and internet providers in Illinois. Um, the, and this is the BS part. Like my dad gave me his, like, you can have an Xfinity go app where you can stream cable, like live cable, live TV shows and on demand. And they've had it for years. But like, as soon as I moved away from my parents, I could not use it on my TV, like at this address. So it is like, they, they were already like IP locked down at my parents' house. So we're, and it'll work only sometimes, but basically I cannot use the app. I can't log in with my dad's Xfinity because they're, they're going to see that I have the Wi-Fi here is not Xfinity. So that's how they do it. So it's weird. Like yeah. that one doesn't bother me as much. And I don't know if it's because it's technically just cable where it's like, when we're talking about, <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I just need Hulu, honestly, at this point and the few shows I actually keep up with. But like, if we're talking about Netflix, HBO Max and all these other stuff, <sighs> I think I'd be more lot likely to give up Netflix. Yeah. Like it, it would come down to me deciding. I'm like, which ones am I giving up? But then at the same time, I'm already the one paying for all these. So really it would just be me telling my family like, yo, if I get my account locked because y'all logged in, <laughs> we're going to have problems. Yeah. So it would just have to have a conversation with my parents about like, y'all gonna have to get your own HBO max or actually HBO max is the most expensive. So for like the least amount of content. <laughs> least amount of content. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I love watching Craig of the Creek and Gumball on there for my comfort shows. But not enough for, what am I paying, $9.99 a month now? No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think for, I think for me, though, like even outside of that, like I love K-dramas. I love international content. I pretty much, anything that I watch for fun that isn't review that, like, it's not American. It's international stuff. And Netflix is the platform for me to get that. Mm -hmm. Like Hulu is starting to get more rights uh, because they had a, um, they signed a contract with Studio Dragon, which is the largest drama producer or production company in Korea uh, because Disney has bought rights to distribute in Asia for a few really, really great titles, but they're still really small compared to how much, like they are far behind what Netflix has invested Mm -hmm. in the content that I like. And so for me, like I would keep it because I don't watch American shows. I don't think Americans know how to write anything anymore. And I don't (laughs) want to watch your stupid stuff. And that's the only reason why I would keep Netflix because it's the only place that I can get international content. Now, I think that's about to shift because uh, Apple has shown a real increased um, in investing in international content. Mm-hmm. Hulu has as well. I don't know. Up uh, uh, HBO has as well, and Prime has as well. Prime's actually bought up a whole bunch of uh, Korean and Asian originals, and they're restarting their anime stuff. So it's one of those where like I'll have to see how the landscape goes. But for me, I would keep it. But it would be that, like, I'm fairly certain my husband would protest and I would need to move it to my card <laughs> to pay for it because he refuses to pay for Disney. He refuses to pay for Amazon. So all of those, I'm just like, well, I want to watch these things. So I'm just going to. And it's not even the Disney of it all. It's the fact that I can get the bundle, which with ESPN and Hulu and Disney. And the funny thing is, I don't think I've watched a single thing on my Disney account. My mom does. So, like, it's just there for her. She's got to keep up with her MCU. She has to, unfortunately. <laughs> um, she's very anxious right now because um, she watched my video review and I was like, oh, no, you watch the things I do? <laughs> Hi, Mom. Oh, my gosh. Don't listen. Um, but, yeah, so I think kind of going into that, uh, this decision is really weird because talking to, one, seeing people online drop links to Plex.tv and talking to my friends who run Plex servers – Uh, It is easier than ever to pirate. You don't need to have any know-how. You're not going to download a virus on your computer. Like, sailing the good old sea is a lot easier than it has been in the past in a way that I don't know if Netflix comprehends. Like, your stuff is already on somebody's Plex server, y'all. Like, it is, you are, like, nobody is going to... the majority of people who do not pay for your services but share a password mm-hmm. will just stop giving you views on your services so you can't sell that to advertisers. They're just going to go move to the, the sailing the high seas. I mean, and it's not that hard to jailbreak a device yeah. anymore. Like pe- yeah. People have found ways to jailbreak a PS5 
and get themselves free cable. I, I don't doubt people's, what is it, ingenuity if Netflix were to try to, like, officially really, like, yeah. pull this with us and say, like, okay, no more password sharing. I'm like, but like you said, Kate, like, people already pirate it. People, like, once it's able, once it's out there for the public, guarantee it's already been, it's out there on a higher resolution for someone yeah, to stream. It's, it's it's not me buying Revenge of the Sith from the Bulga with like somebody's head and like Thai subtitles. Like that's not that that's no. not what we're we're in anymore in terms of of bootlegging copies right. or pirating copies. Mm-hmm. But even like, when it was pirating, you know, those commercials about I think for like like a solid 10 year span of my life was watching pirated DVDs and that was the only way I saw movies. Yeah, I treasured that X-Men Origins uh cop you know the one that came out before the movie and and that it's had the part where it said <laughs> right written on the screen that the claws come here i yes I, <laughs> oh my god i bought i bought i bought a dvd of that for five dollars at the bulga yeah like my dad bought that in chinatown i didn't even know that there was anything wrong with it for years <laughs> just no. thought that was i just thought the movie was broken like i just thought they released a bad movie <laughs> I, I mean, they did. I mean, they but... did, but <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but nah, those those commercials that you know would say you wouldn't steal a car, uh, they they didn't like, they didn't well, really work. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Also, yes, people would steal a car. People right. do steal um, cars. <laughs> right. People steal catalytic converters. What do y'all mean you wouldn't steal as a long car? As, as long as it connects to the internet, people will find a way to to pirate it. It just yeah, yeah. The reality. The reality it's one of those things where it's like either you can be and, and this is stupid because this is the exact same uh uh argument that the founder of spotify made which you can also watch the playlist on that netflix it's actually really good it talks about spotify from six different angles of like each of the people involved to like see a different story it's super interesting it's swedish is this swedish? yeah okay it's <laughs> swedish i got that right it's a swedish company, uh, yeah. <laughs> um essentially is if you are not ahead of the pirating then and you lose your user base that way then you will make zero dollars so you can make some dollars or you can make zero it's actually that is why crunchyroll is now like the largest single provider of anime because it started as a pirating platform it started as a fan sub and fan dub platform mm-hmm. that they then flew over to japan and was like hey toei Give us access to simulcast. Here are numbers from pirating your content the next day. This could all be your money if you, like, worked with us officially. And that's how it happened. There's a great Bawaii episode about this. Oh, yeah, there is. (laughs) (laughs) And it is one of those things where, like, I, I understand the ills of pirating stuff so far as, like, compensating creators and stuff, but it has pushed the industry towards a better standard toward for consumers and learning how to monetize things so that people actually do pay. But at the end of the day, we are in a, an economy where eggs cost seven bucks right now. And if people are going to get it for free, they're going to get it for free. So that kind of leads to like the next question is like, is there a difference between password sharing, something like a streaming service versus something like Spotify? Like, do you think that it actually equates to creators getting hurt or like studios getting hurt when this happens? The hurt, it's a different, like, magnitude because the reality is that, like, people who create content that goes onto a streaming platform, Netflix or Spotify, like, the people who are getting paid are not earning most of their money off of the streaming itself. I mean, maybe right. for like TV, there's residuals for certain people and for certain popular like shows, but stuff that's being made now, especially they're the industries themselves are what are like harming people in this process of whether they're getting paid or not. So getting, you know, when someone puts their, their music on Spotify, you're getting paid fractions of a cent per, per listen. They're not, no one puts their, their content on these platforms, no, like expecting to make money off of the platform itself. Mm-hmm. they're doing it expecting that it's it it's exposing people to their product and that whatever the industry is that some other mechanism is truly like where they're making the money whether it's the record deal itself or it's the 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 initial signing of your contract to 
act in this show or be on the crew of this show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree. Like, I feel like back in the day when there was like Napster, that was probably more. I I I mean not I don't mean to get LimeWire LimeWire like I feel like that was probably more of some like an offend, offending to the artists and creators there, but like when we're talking about password sharing my Spotify or password I don't I don't pay for Spotify, but <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example like password sharing and it's like Netflix going back to that example, I just feel like the cost is not coming to those people who like the film, the crew, like Netflix paid those people already. The, yeah. Like that's coming from the company. And honestly, I'm like, y'all gonna lose money one way or another. Do you want to keep yeah. my ten one like nine ninety nine a month? Or would you rather me go the other route, the illegally route and yeah. go and find the content elsewhere? Cause it's out there. It's not that hard to get to. So it's just, yeah. I would, I personally, it's not like with um, like Kate, we we reread webtoons and like Laura Olympus or like there's always that note when you do a fast pass, like do not screenshot anything. Yeah. I would feel guilty about stealing that <laughs> or like screenshotting yeah. those images. It's and it's a one to one creator, right? Like right. when you're reading a digital comic illegally and you're not paying the coins for it, then you are not paying for that. Comic. right same with because manga I, I uh, same with manga yeah. yeah I feel more I like now that I have the means to get manga like there's there's more ways to get manga that's translated literally the next day or same day through Viz through Shonen Jump through all these different apps I would act I I'm not gonna steal from Oda I'm not <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna steal from other people well and I, I I think that that's the other thing as well is like when you look at something like Netflix or Spotify, like there, like you said, Jason, the content, the media that is being made to put on there is being made to be streamed. Like mm-hmm. They have already set up how they're going to make money elsewhere. In Netflix's case, it's a lot of like making deals with other projection studios. And that case, like people get paid when Netflix doesn't pay. That's because they fucked up, not because somebody shared their password. It's because they're capitalist pigs. Um, <laughs> But when you look at something like manga, I think it's a really good example, uh, manga and webtoons as a one-to-one, because in manga very specifically, sales drive whether or not something else from that author gets translated into English. Yeah. Like, sales, views, subscriptions, all of that impacts how, like, somebody getting an official English translation, a physical copy Mm -hmm. of somebody getting um, their second work out. I think, like, one of the really big one-to-ones is Sublime just announced, uh, Sublime is a BL manga, um, manga publisher. They just announced three titles that were previously digital-only releases from Fudakia, which is a, um, it's a website where you pay, like, I think it's, like, $3.99 $3.99 or something like that mm-hmm. it's it's a really low price but you pay that you get an access to all of their bl you read it and they took the readership from those pieces to then get physical editions from sublime and so those are one-to-ones not paying for that and doing it legally that's a one-to-one i i, I assure you that if i watch mo illegally a24 will still make a lot of money um and then netflix will still have money i mean the actors got paid the creator the directors yeah. got paid i'm netflix i'm paying 9.99 a month my family deserves to be able to watch it if they, can't, they don't have it at home also if i'm traveling i deserve to be able to watch it yeah a big hey. part of the problem with the netflix or a lot of streamers model is is less about the to me it's less it's less about what happens right now with this piece of content and more about what's going to happen with the next one because mm. when Netflix makes a choice like this and everyone decides that they're going to find the next big Netflix movie on Plex instead of subscribing to Netflix. That means that they're going to look at all those numbers and say, oh, no one watched the movie, so we shouldn't have these actors back or shouldn't have these writers, directors, Mm. crew back because no one watched this thing, so why should we invest in it? And also because Netflix completely obfuscates their statistics and makes it impossible to understand what people's consuming habits are actually like, it it ends up screwing people down the road a lot more than it does, like, in the immediate. Mm. I think, like, you know, the reason why 
Napster or or LimeWire went away isn't because people like grew a conscious and said we're gonna decide to pay for our music now. It went away because Spotify came along and said, "Here, we have a platform that is easier to use," and that meant that both consumers went to it because it was easier and because there will always be people who won't pay for things Mm. because they can't or because they just refuse to. But a lot of people will jump to the platform that is convenient to use and not too expensive to pay for. If it means that they're going to, you know, marginally be supporting the, the folks that create the thing that they're consuming. Now, will Matt and I pay for the duo thing that they keep telling us to do? No, I will download my playlist and turn it into offline so that we can listen at the same time. Right. But (laughs) we will still pay for at least one Spotify account. I think about the the (laughs) video game example that I think about a lot is is Mother 3, which has never been released in the U.S. or in the West at all. And there's a huge huge support for the game in the west specifically because there was a fan translation that was done uh many years ago that you can like literally buy and put on an actual game boy advance cartridge and play and like most people who are like fans of this game all would say that the second that nintendo releases a, a a legitimate uh english translation of the game or a way to purchase it legitimately in the west then they will because they're a fan of this game and they want to show nintendo this is a choice that you made that we like and we want exactly. to support support that choice yeah. for you to do similar things in the future mm. and and that and that's what i do with manga that's what i do with yeah. uh korean webtoons like i read so much illegally because it is not translated in english yet but a lot of the people on the site that I use very specifically will drop translating the title once it gets an official English release. Right. And then what do I do? I go through and I buy all the chapters in English because I want to let them know, please adapt these other works that somebody has done. Yeah. And like there is like, I think that that's also, and this is kind of turned into a completely different conversation about like ethical pirating, but like there is a version of ethical pirating when it's content that you literally cannot access. Yes. Like whether it's because of geolocate, uh, like geolocking, translations, uh, localizations, and then being able to actually like put forward with your money once it does become available for you. Or like a lot of, um, one of the things that happens with manga, manga publication is every manga publication uh, pub- uh, publisher has a like a little box on their websites where you can type in i would like this title translated and if enough people say that they want a title they will go try to buy the rights and then try to publish it this is a lot easier with smaller smaller places like seven seas um seven seas yen press like some of the smaller ones but even viz listens to it and like the reason that's important is like, well, these people are only asking for these translations because they went and read it illegally somewhere else. And right. then they just kept spamming that button to get like uh, Yakuza Fiance was one that I kept submitting every month <laughs> to go get an English adaptation because I wanted a physical copy. Um, and I think that like what Netflix hasn't taken into account to like kind of wrap this back around and talk about like, I think all of us have mentioned is if people want to watch read or play something they will do it they'll find a way to do it you can just choose if you're going to take their money for it or not no that's true like barriers breed um what does i always say like when there's innovation yes innovation like no like you give people a barrier but like if there's some if people give up netflix but they want to see the final season of stranger things they're going to find a way to watch that final season of stranger things like for people who just like literally cancel their subscriptions and then come back just for that one show if they realize there's a way they can watch that one show and not pay 9.99 that month they're probably gonna do it so it's just yeah either it stop doing this whole password sharing and i feel like what really irritates me about netflix's whole guidelines for it is like you're going to lock my account for it instead of just stopping the password sharing from happening I feel like it's the dress, it's the repercussions of it that I think bother me more. Like if you wanted to do the the, the stop password sharing, okay, that's one thing, but you want to lock people's account out or you want to, there's like a bunch of different, there's some gray area in there. Like what if, what if my parents don't know and they realize they logged into my account? What if I'm traveling and I'm like at an Airbnb and they don't have Netflix, so I log into mine. 
Well, you brought up the the cable example. Like my parents' cable had a college package that they got. They just paid a little bit more a month so that it could not be attached to their IPs because my brother's in college. Which if they say it's a household, right. a household literally means dependence of the people in that household, which are sometimes not living in that household because they're away at school or they're traveling for mm-hmm. work or whatever. Um, and I think the other thing that happens too is like when you put up those barriers, like there have been studies, if anything is more than one click away, somebody will just drop the entire thing and not think about it because yep. you made it too complicated for them to do. So if you lock my account, I'm just never going to unlock it and too bad for you, Netflix. I'm canceling. Goodbye. I'm going to call my card and say like, this is a, ba- this is a false charge. <laughs> I will file a claim. I have not had access to this account. No. I will I will literally sooner go and find what other country something is available in on a different platform, use a VPN to go there and then pay for it than sooner than I will like use something that I'm not paying for. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, VPNs are about to see a skyrocket in uh in uh buying yeah and our prices are all gonna go up for it yeah the one thing i would just wanted to add about like the scale of things maybe we did touch it but like i work in the real world in like a really niche music industry you're not a twitter person no not most <laughs> of the time <laughs> Part, a, a big part of my work these days is in a really niche corner of a music industry where like we all know each other personally we all rely on each other to use like the the tools that we have to respect copyright to respect the meager means by which we can actually make money off of our content off of our music mm-hmm. Like, there's literally this platform that was created maybe five years ago that's a self-regulated platform for submitting when you've used people's music in certain circumstances and streaming and and, and printing things and and making PowerPoint slides and stuff like that where you can report once a week when you use people's music and they get paid out. You know, you, you subscribe to be part of this as an institution and then the artists get paid out on a quarterly basis. And it's entirely self-imposed and it only works because this is a really small and niche thing where we all know who these people are. We respect the artistry and respect the fact that people deserve to make money off of it. But not everyone uses the platform who should. Not everyone knows how to. Not everyone can afford to. And not... And they're still not making like bank off of it. But the... I bring it up just because when I think about the scale of like, you know, people in, in, in the Netflix world versus people in a smaller creative fields we're still all like you know screwed by the the way that these systems work that the fact that the yeah. the content we create is not the part of our work that actually makes the money yeah. mm-hmm. but well then and like the onus to survive is put on you like you're having to survive with each other in spite of the system that you're in exactly and like for as much as it's nice in a little you know communal way sometimes what frustrates me the most about all of this topic ultimately is that like the enemy is the system not not the uh not the rules they're trying to impose they can they can make password sharing problems all they want like netflix Mm -hmm. is still gonna be causing problems for the people creating the content because no matter how we pay for it they're still using you know poor labor contracts they're still using Mm -hmm. really they're still terrible at advertising and getting people's content actually to be seen and and you know these these conversations are important because the they affect our wallets as consumers but they distract from the bigger problems of how the system itself is just detrimental to the people trying to create within it well with that Nisha, what have you been? Uh, what have you been reviewing? What have you been uh, watching for fun? Reading? What have you been doing? Um, reading wise, so I honestly have just taken a break and decided to reread all of Fairy Tale. It is one of my comfort manga. <laughs> I, this is now the fifth time I have re- like read the manga from like beginning. I don't know what it is about it. But like I can reread fairy tale no, no matter what, so it's a, it is a great read. I encourage everyone to because I don't think it gets enough love. 
And my one friend, yeah. my, one of my be- best friends has been um, watching the fairy tale anime for the first time. So I'm like, I was like, wow, she's been watching it. I just said, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read it over. And then like, I'll yeah. know where she's at and we could talk about it. But it's been fun. And a lot of people give it a lot of flack because they're like, it's only about the power of friendship. I'm like, and your point? It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's not a big like, deal. It was Black Clover before Black Clover. <laughs> Let me tell you, whippersnappers. Our Anyways. Right. Like, sometimes we need that. But um, but as far as, like, what I've been reviewing, yeah, I've been staying on top of Vinland Saga and Tomo-chan is a girl for But Why Though. Um, I actually have been wanting to do an article about, like, why Tomo-chan is a girl. Such a good romantic comedy. It is. I just have to get my thoughts around it. But, like, I just, I can't, I don't, I talk about it every week when Aaron has, has me on here. But it's, like... Y'all, it's so refreshing. And Jason, I know, I think you're usually the one who's editing it, but it's just like, yeah, I don't know how many more times I can just say like, it's a refreshing love story about a tomboy who is a love interest. (laughs) You do do call it refreshing. Yes, yes. I have the uh, effervescent will be what I'll start using moving forward. (laughs) It is an effervescent. (laughs) But yeah, no, that's what I've been up to. You, Jason? In the world of what I'm writing about, been a lot of uh, romance and rom com stuff throughout this uh, Valentine's season the last few weeks. A buttload. Dude, I don't know how you did it. Just I don't. I don't know. You know, I I I do. I really like romances and rom coms. There's been a lot of really bad ones. Uh, <laughs> actually, it's not just now. I think most Netflix rom-coms are pretty bad, but some are like the fun bad, and most are the not fun bad. And there's a sick entertainment to watching something bad, uh, which I'm sure we all understand. Yes. but I watched all of Velma yesterday just because it's bad. No, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't I watch drinking. something. I couldn't watch it knowing it's bad, but I'm happy to go into it blindly. Maybe what it's more for me. Yeah, I made a game but out of it. On the on the just for funsies end, I've been trying to do a bunch of like watching people's filmographies recently to just for the heck of it. I watched every Noah Baumbach movie the last three I'm weeks, sorry. and you know what? I think that. Uh, kicking and screaming his first movie was his one of his best <laughs> yes there was a lot of baloney in between um a lot of creepy stuff he really has a fixation on on homosexuality that i cannot understand um and uh, i'm gonna say something really controversial but i think that uh greta gerwig is like just fine as an actor yeah, no she is like oh yeah no she is she's fine like people are really into her as an actor and i don't quite get it people are really into her i don't generally and i don't get it i don't think i've ever seen any of her movies but i'm ready for barbie i'm sure it'll be great oh i'm very ready for barbie (laughs) that i'm ready for yeah um i have been still reviewing buddy daddy's weekly over at but why though obviously i don't even know why i said that (laughs) um it is it is really good it could be gayer but it is it is very it is very wholesome true of Um, a lot of things could we just make that your tagline on your author page (laughs) like somehow just like (laughs) it's good but it could be gayer yes um (laughs) um I, I really love it. I think it has a lot. It actually has a lot to say about choosing your family in a way. Like, I think a lot of folks have written it into just, I don't want to say written it off because people really like it, but they're like, oh, you know, it's nothing revolutionary. We've seen it before. It's like, actually, we haven't. Mm-hmm. Like, they have, like, actively been discussing, like, hey, let's meet your real mom. And hey, she said that she wanted to hit you every time you laughed. Oh, no. I'm going to be a good dad. And it's like actually like exploring like what happens when you want a child and how you build them a life, even if it's contrary to how you live yours. And I think Mm. that like as somebody who does not want children, but has a very big respect for how people build family. I think that's, it's really important. And I think if you, if you fall into it and you, you kind of look at it as more than just comedy, 
Um, you'll you'll see a lot more there. Uh, I just reviewed Atomic Heart because that will have my review would have dropped the day before you're listening to this, a week from when we're recording it. Um, it it's 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 fine. <laughs> it's fine. I think if you really like Bioshock um, and you like the aesthetics of Fallout, it's something that you'll probably be interested in playing. Uh, it's my first game that I've reviewed for 2023, so I feel like I should bring it up. Um, but it's not its not revolutionary. There are a lot of parts of it you're going to be like, oh, I know a game that did that better. Um, but it is pretty, and Mick Gordon's soundtrack is killer. Like, this, the score is what really sells that game. It's the and Francis Ha of, uh, of, of <laughs> steampunk Bioshock-inspired games. Um, and for funsies... <laughs> yeah yeah um for funsies um i just a lot of k-dramas alchemy of souls if you love fantasy if you love fantasy watch alchemy of souls it is one of the best fantasy stories on tv it is a korean drama with very hot people who are mages and there's body swapping and <gasps> it is both in sub and dub so if you are not a subtitle reader because you have problems with that um it's dubbed for you at least the first season, but the first season's like 22 episodes. Like, you got, there's a lot there for you. Um, there's magic sword fighting. There's magic fighting. Like, it's just good. And again, people are hot. So uh, that's where I am at. See, it's all on Netflix. <laughs> I'm going to say this has um, to be on Netflix. <laughs> How fitting. It is. How fitting. Um, but yeah, with that... Thank you all for being here, listening to us. That's our show. And as always, uh, like us on whatever you're listening to. Follow us on whatever you're listening to. And if you're an Apple podcast user, please, please, please leave us a review. It actually does help, and it'd be dope if we could get more of those. Um, you can find all of us at ButWhyThoughPC and ButWhyThough.net. Uh, Nisha, where can people can? Uh, where can people find you on the internet y'all can find me at nisha plays on instagram tiktok and twitter jason i'm mostly on twitter ladder underscore u f-l-a-t-t-e-r underscore y-o-u and kicking on letterboxd a lot with my silly thoughts about noah bomback so jason (laughs) over there if you want to see my my, uh, I invented something apparently called uh, method watching as opposed to method acting where I, I watched oh EO in Polish without subtitles so that I could feel like a donkey who doesn't understand English or Polish. So you can read all about that. EO is so good. EO is so good though. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. It was, fun. It. it was a big, 2022 was a big year for donkeys. Truly. So <laughs> You can find me at OMFRandier mostly on Twitter. And you can find all of my anime and manga content on Instagram at that same handle. This has been our show. Thank you for listening.